Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Catholic Halos podcast. I'm Veronica Ambuel, editor of the Colorado Catholic Herald newspaper, and I'm joined today by Deacon Doug Flynn, who's the general counsel and chief of staff for the diocese, and Deacon Patrick Jones, who's an award-winning author of Catholic fiction and uh, the founder of Catholic Halos. Uh, before we start discussing our topic today, Deacon Patrick, could you lead us in an opening prayer? We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora panobis peccatoribus, nunc in anora mortis nostre. Amen. So uh, what the topic that we'd like to discuss today is um, something that has been in the news quite a bit over the last at least week or two, um, and, and that is the subject of vaccine mandates. So um, we've seen that uh, as it stands now, uh, the Biden administration is, is saying that um, anybody who um, any any company that is a federal contractor must um, mandate COVID vaccines uh, for their employees, and also any company that has more than a hundred workers, I believe. And um, the uh, several several Catholic dioceses, um, including. Uh, the Diocese of Colorado Springs have made um, exemption forms available to people who would like to um, opt out of receiving vaccine, but um, there are apparently now um, a number of companies that are are not honoring the, those exemptions. So um, we we have both anecdotally and just through news reports, we're seeing stories of um, people losing their jobs. Um, in some cases, they're nurses at hospitals who did not want to receive the vaccine. Um, in other cases, they're members of the military. Uh, I ju just before we went on the air, I was looking at a story about um, the pilots. Uh, Pilots Union for Southwest Airlines that had lost their um, court case to um, try to get an e e exempted from the vaccine. So, so basically, this this is now really coming to for fruition. Um, Deacon Patrick, can you kind of um, uh, frame this issue for us in terms of what our response should be as the Catholic community? Well, we had a podcast a, a bit ago that um, looked at classical education. And one of the things that comes through strong in Catholic education is in the Middle Ages, uh, Catholic community looked very different than it looks now. Um, and there was a, there were a whole lot of networks, um, people working together. Uh, and there was a whole lot of uh, oppression from various angles, depending on where you, where you were and when you were. Um, but it was these 
strength of family and strength of interfamilies woven through faith um, and strength around churches and monasteries uh, that allowed society to be strong and thrive despite all the different turmoils that came and went. Um, and the idea is very simple. It's to create an economy of community, an economy of Catholic community where we support each other. We listen to what the needs are. We create a hub um, of hubs for different networks. So there, you know, Catholics know each other through their parishes. Well, let's create at a diocesan level um, hubs of those hubs so that if there's a company that is struggling because they have more work than they can do or they could expand if they had more workers, uh, they can find workers from people who are looking for work uh, and support our neighbor um, both uh, in, in their poverties out of our abundance uh, and vice versa. Um, that's the economy of community. That's where we say, uh, here's, I'm giving this freely. I'm not asking for anything back, but it creates relationship in this, uh, in, in our network of, of knowing each other. Um, and out of faith, Christ feeds us back a hundredfold <laughs> when we do this out of love for neighbor, out of love for Christ. Uh, so then the question becomes, well, how do we go about doing that? Um, and should I even do it? Uh, that, that becomes another question some people may have. So wanted to lay out the basic idea, and then we can discuss the questions of how do we do it? Should we do it? What, what does that look like? Well, and Patrick, I think, um, I think you hit the nail on the head that there are a lot of these networks and hubs already out there. And um, so I guess one of the things from a practical standpoint that might be nice is if people are aware of any, uh, any such networks already existing, uh, help us by letting us know and not have to recreate the wheel. A couple of examples that we discussed earlier, you know, I know Catholic charities uh, has been distributing a, a ton of money uh, to help with rental assistance uh, that's that's one network. They have others that provide cars for needy families uh, and transportation. They also do some job training. I, I can't remember exactly what area. For some reason, I think it's um, food services. But um, to your point, if there's people who are feeling like they need to, this is a hill they're going to die on, and they're either going to resign or get fired uh, for honoring their Catholic faith and their beliefs and their conscience, uh, I think it is a wonderful uh, idea to try and, and put together a network or a, a centralized location where they can go for rental experience, job training or retraining. Um, so many ways that we can help us if we come together as communities. So I think it's a beautiful idea. Well, and part of it is a lot of people in times of turmoil like this, uh, that leads to shifts in uh, the trade that they're raising, that they're working in uh, to uh, earn a living for their family? And um, are there businesses who can have internships, uh, apprenticeships, um, sort of have that guild uh, to continue the medieval uh, theme, but have different guilds of, of plumbers, ditch diggers, construction workers, uh, medical workers, 
um, you know, whatever the situation is uh, for pilots. Uh, and can we, are there um, a lot of, a lot of needs exist that aren't getting met through the regular channels. Is there a way to, to set up alternative uh, medical clinics or um, job fairs, symposiums for learning other trades and crafts where uh, it's people teaching each other without having to go through a whole long degree kind of process? Um, that's how it used to be done, and you don't necessarily need to have all of the institutional wrappings in order to learn how to do X, Y, or Z. Well, yeah, I, Deacon Patrick, as you were talking, you know, I, I, I will say one thing that has puzzled me about this situation with the vaccine mandates is that um, with, with all of the struggles that companies seem to be having with hiring right now, why, why there hasn't been a, a bigger protest about that? I mean, j just in terms of, you know, it, it seems like the last thing they need is one more hurdle um, in, in, in keeping employees. I mean, um, but, but yes, I, I, I do think that, um, there is, there is a, in, in a, in a certain way, this, this could be a great opportunity, um, especially for, um, for maybe younger people, as you said, who, who might be, um, open to learning, you know, learning a trade of, of some kind, um, there with, Almost with, everybody's younger than, than the three of us. So true. Very true. Yes. Very, Let's just put that in context. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. Um, yeah. Thanks for the reminder. Um, but yeah, I've never you been know, accused of being politically correct. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's just, it's just, um, you know, I, I think um, it, for, you know, if, if, um, if we are around, um, if we do have the opportunity to talk to, you know, young adult, um, young adults in our families or, you know, in, in our social circle, um, that's, that's something, it, it's something that might be worth bringing up, you know, um, just that, you uh, that th maybe th think about think about um, professions and jobs that maybe you know in the past you would have ruled out, but um, you know if if um, if someone is looking for something where they can maybe be more more independent, um, you know, not work. Um, in a large corporation, you know, that kind of thing, um, or in a large bureaucratic structure of, of any kind, um, you know, this, this might be, might be worth checking out, you know, the, um, the plumber down the street who has, you know, five employees or, um, in my son's case, you know, the, the electrical company, um, where it's, you know, three people, but, but you know, it, it's it it's one possibility of um, maybe not uh, kind of getting trapped into um, so, some of these uh, laws and regulations. 
Um, you know, and it, it's just, it, it is, I, I, I do find, again, I do find it fascinating the, the, uh, the way that the whole, um, coronavirus pandemic has impacted our economy, you know, um, and I, I, it, it's to your point, Deacon Patrick, I think the idea is maybe to, to think outside the box a little bit outside of the, you know, maybe, maybe we didn't see our careers going in a certain direction, but, um, based on what's happening in society, we, you know, it might be a good idea to look beyond just kind of the, the more traditional, um, job, job areas that we would have considered before. Well, I was really struck by, um, Bishop Goldko's, uh, comment. Um, and I don't remember when, when he said it, but, uh, he said that when you take a moral stand, there are consequences and that's absolutely true. There's consequences eternally for our eter eternal soul. And there's consequences uh, carnally of um, how do we navigate this fallen world and how do we as Catholics reach out to those who are um, in need and uh, so we're all benefiting each other, loving our neighbor out of love for Christ. And it, it shouldn't be a political thing. It shouldn't be, um, there, there's so much baggage in anything that is said and done anymore. Uh, everything has been ramped up and what gets lost in all that noise is we are eternal beings navigating this life toward an eternal decision that God makes, whether he knows us and we know him or not. And uh, everything we do here on this earth ought to have its eye on Christ and um, the separation of sheep from goats. And we're all going to face the question, well, Jesus, when did, when did we see you and not defend you? When did we see you and not give you to drink or to eat or to wear clothing, uh, seeking a job? Um, and also how do, how do I see Christ in my neighbor? Um, that's what Christ is going to be asking us. And, uh, one of the statistics I saw in one of the articles we looked at before um, recording this is 15 to 20% of the general population is refusing to uh, get the vaccine for whatever reason. It didn't go into the whys. Um, that's up to one in five people. And that should tell us an awful lot of... <laughs> um, there's going to be an awful lot of need. And for the first time ever on a global scale, one fifth of the available workforce may not be eligible for a huge number of jobs. That's creating a, a bizarre multi-class system uh, instantly. And um, that's a totalitarian issue. We should be very concerned about no matter what, your political or uh, medical views on the vaccine are, 
um, because it's eroding the sanctity of uh, the um, freedom of religion. We're watching that be eroded before our very eyes as these vaccine mandates are being turned down. And they've been submitted by people who are faithful and they've been signed by their priests. Um, Something is very, very wrong in what's happening here. And as Catholics, we're called to serve Christ and love Christ by loving our neighbor. I do think um, that this could be um, as difficult as as this is um, for so many people right now. Um, I just happened to be listening to a podcast yesterday evening, um, and the priest uh, was referencing a book by St. Thomas More. Um, I, I do think this could be a very good uh opportunity for um, the church's teaching on the role of the laity to be highlighted. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, in my role here as director of communications, I've gotten a number of emails, not just about this, but other topics, you know, over the years. And and basically, you know, they start out with, it starts out with the question, what are the bishops going to do about X, you know? <laughs> and um, uh, and I, I, I do understand, I mean, I understand why people would ask such a question, but is I think this this case of the vaccine mandate is is a perfect, in some ways, opportunity for lay Catholics really to step up, you know, wh- whatever profession they're in. And, um, and, and because the, the, you know, the church has not come out and said that, um, people shouldn't get vaccinated with, you know, they've, 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 but our, our bishops here have spoken out against mandates, but the, the point is that, um, you know, politicians don't care about bishop statements. What they care about is votes. And um, I, I think that what 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 the Catholic lay faithful need to do is really uh, make their voices heard. You know, because um, at the end of the day, a, a bishop only still casts one vote. You know, um, and 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 in I was reading over the Second Vatican Council um, document. You know, Lumen Gentium, and and even then, you know, even back in the sixties, you know, the, the council fathers laid out the role of, um, the Catholic laity saying that they're the ones, you know, who in the secular sphere, um, are, are the, the kind of the primary actors. And so, um, again, I, without trying to minimize the, um, heartache and, and difficulty that this is the situation is causing for people. But, um, I, 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 I think that, um, the silver lining could possibly be that Catholics maybe take their role in the, um, the public, um, in public life, maybe a little bit more seriously, um, precisely as you were talking about Deacon Patrick, because that's, 
that's how our religious freedom is going to be protected. Well, and we don't know what this economy of Catholic community is going to look like, how it's going to uh, take shape. Um, we, uh, as far as a concrete action, um, if we're talking about, well, we need to have a hub of hubs, um, the diocese is the obvious place for that. Do we have any ideas on what makes sense if people are scratching their heads, looking at their uh, rejection of their, uh, um, religious exemption, um, and they're facing a choice or they're looking at that down the road, um, where can they turn? Should they turn to their parish priest? Are we asking them to call the diocese? Uh, what are we asking? Well, I don't think anything, um, has been, has, has been set up yet. I know, um, Deacon Doug, we were talking before the show about, um, could, would, would people who are looking for, um, employment, would, would they want to check into possibly being a substitute teacher at the Catholic schools here? Yeah, historically, that has been a uh, an area where we almost can't have too many of them. So um, one of the difficulties, so certainly, yes, that's one place they could look was just the jobs, open job site on uh, our diocesan website. Um, but I think circling back to what Patrick talked about at the very beginning, uh, it can be helpful to just identify what resources are already out there and, and then find a place to put those resources so that, you know, if people are facing that crisis, you know, obviously, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is pray and pray about where God's calling you and whether God is calling you to make a change in your life because of um, external pressures that are trying to get you to violate your conscience. So uh, I would say in the short term, Deacon Patrick, encouraging folks who know about these um, resources that are available, be they financial or job related or housing related, um, encourage them to uh, to send us an email. And Veronica, I know you, you've done this a couple times and given your contact information out. And then um, maybe, uh, you know, all the uh, priests are up in Greeley for a leadership meeting with Bishop Golka. Uh, when they get back tomorrow or, or early next week, we'd have something to go to them and say, listen, here's some resources we've identified. I'm sure there are others out there, but do we want to handle this? You know, there's always that eternal tension between what's best handled at a diocesan level versus what's best handled with subsidiarity at a parish level. Uh, but I think at least in collecting resources that we know are available so that people aren't having to go to 20 different sites uh, and, and maybe have one place, one central place uh, on our webpage or on our Facebook page uh, where folks can, can identify those resources. Yeah. I was just going to say an economy of uh, Catholic community symposium with some sort of online uh, presence and then maybe eventually some kind of uh, um, central gathering to uh, exchange, share ideas, that type of thing down the road if we can get, if there is enough interest and need to uh, to warrant that. Well, and we talked about job fairs as another possibility, inviting Catholics and all people of goodwill who have uh 
who need employees because you know, let's face it, the government's paying a lot of people to stay home and a lot of people seem to be taking them up on that. So I can't walk down the street and not see just about a help wanted sign in every biz- local business. So. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and um, Deacon Doug, as you mentioned earlier, Catholic Charities has had several job fairs recently. Um, they had one, uh, I believe, last week specifically for Amazon uh, in Colorado Springs. And then they had another one specifically targeted, well, not target, maybe t- target is not the right word, but specifically to help um, people who um, had a, a previous incarceration. So um, I, I think um, they they ha- they have developed some expertise in in the you know in putting on these job fairs. Um, and uh, you know I we can suggest to them that maybe this would be a, another category that they could, um, uh, have a fair uh, to to serve people in in this particular group, but but yes, um, for anybody who um, wants to you know make uh, to publicize any employment av- uh, opportunities, um, feel free to send me um, an email at editor e d i t o r at coloradocatholicherald dot com, and um, we can um, we can post those on on Facebook. Um, there are a number of you know face, Facebook groups here locally. Um, I know there's a Catholic Mom one, um, and uh, we also have our own Herald Facebook page. So feel free to send me inf- information. Um, uh, also, just put a plug in for a good old fashioned classified ad in the Herald. If anybody wants to um, <laughs> open uh, to, we, those are, I, I still think they're the, the best value out there at $17 per column inch. So, um, um, Act the, uh, now and you'll get, you'll get your uh, free subscription. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. So um, those that you could also send any, Again, you know, contact me uh, at editor at coloradocatholicherald.com. But um, yes, I mean, we will do whatever we can to connect job seekers with um, employers. And, um, you know, I again, I, I know that Catholic Charities has been, um, they, they've been working overtime to, uh, ha- to, to, help people who are, you know, having a setback, um, connect with these, with these employers. Well, and also the, uh, to Doug's point, uh, of subsidiarity, which is a fancy word for everything should happen at the most local level possible. Um, your local parish, the parish you go to, your pastor, talk with them about the needs you're uh, experiencing and and uh, ask them how you can connect with others who are having uh, needs. And, and a parish is a first good quality hub to, uh, to turn to, and then that can connect in with the diocese, however it makes sense to. Yes, and um, 
to for anybody who might want to look on the diocesan website, the it would the URL would be diocs.org, and then on the far right, uh, the far I believe it's the far right option on the menu bar is called careers, and um, it lists both diocesan positions and then local some local parish positions. Not every single parish position is listed there, but um, I know there are several openings at my parish, uh, Corpus Christi, that they've been trying to fill for a while. So diocs.org slash careers. And then another shameless plug, uh, I know Gary Shuck, our director of information technology, has been looking for a help desk uh, analyst or assistant for almost six months now. So Right, yeah, quite a while. Okay, well, um, we've, uh, hard to believe, but we're just about out of time for today. So um, Deacon Doug, would you mind uh, leading us in a closing prayer? Of course. Ave Maria, gratia plena, donus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on this episode of the Catholic, Halo Catholic Halos podcast. We'll talk to you next time.